Amen. Um, before I read today's scripture, I uh, was reminded um, by the great news that we heard um, that I neglected to tell you all that James made the COCDA choir, the Central Oklahoma Choir Directors Association's choir. Only six people from his school made it, and I believe they'll be singing across the state. So I am extremely proud of that young man. Amen. Today's scripture comes from Luke 4, uh, verses 16 through 21, and it reads, When he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to his attendant and sat down. The eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. Then he began to say to them, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. The word of God for the people of God. Most gracious God, Lord, we thank you for another opportunity to hear your word. Lord, we pray that you would speak to our hearts as only you can, Lord, that we would hear just what you have for us on this day, Lord. Bless us and keep us in Jesus' name. Amen. I was not emotional until I got up here. Now I'm finding tears. We're going to pray a little bit. So in this particular portion of scripture, we find that Jesus is now in the synagogue. He is uh, doing as his custom, and he reads from this scroll from Isaiah. And the scripture, as we have looked at, says that, uh, that he is called to preach the gospel to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives, to set the oppressed free, to give sight to the blind. He, he reads this scroll, he rolls it up and says, uh, in your presence today, this has been fulfilled. In short, I am he. When it's written in Isaiah, Isaiah tells us that, that the ultimate preacher, the redeemer of Israel, who is sent to rescue them, will, will come in this way. He, he tells us that, that, that this is what, what we are to look for. And so Jesus begins his ministry by showing us what ministry really is. He, he tells us what it should look like, who, who should be affected. He, 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 he stands before the people and says, hey, I have been called to give freedom to the oppressed. I have been called to, to give the gospel to the poor. I have been called to set the oppressed free. But if we go back to Isaiah, what we will also find is that Isaiah uh, says that um, once Jesus... I always get lost. Once Jesus establishes his, his ministry on earth, once Jesus uh, does what he has come to do, then, then he will also uh, make Israel at that time the called ones ministers. They, they will then be charged to do the things that, that Jesus is now speaking of. Now, why is that important? It's important because uh, last time that I checked, Jesus walked this earth and he gave a great example of what love looked like. Last time that I checked, 
Jesus did all that the scripture says. He gave the gospel, the good news to the poor. He, he gave sight to the blind. He, 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 he sought after the oppressed. He sought justice for those that were being trampled on. And upon his, uh, upon his departure, he says, guess what? It's your turn. Go ye therefore make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He said, guess what? It's your turn. It's your turn to go and love unconditionally, to forgive and give grace and mercy like this world has never seen. He said, guess what? It's your turn. And they will know that you are my disciples by the way that you love others. Guess what? It is your turn. I have, I have declared that iron sharpens iron and that two are better than one because they will have a good return for them, their labor. Guess what? It is your turn. It is your turn because one can put a thousand to flight, but two can put ten thousand to flight. Guess what? It is your turn. It is your turn to take up that, that, that ministry, that, that, that call to go ye, therefore, that call to, to speak life into those that are wandering lost, to, to be the example that people are looking for, the, 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 to be the hands and feet of Christ so much that everything that you do points right back to the cross. It is your turn. Unfortunately, we miss some of the scriptures where it talks about us doing things together. We, we miss those scriptures where in order to truly affect the poor and to call justice for those that are oppressed, we, we can't always do it on our own. We need each other. We, we, we forget those scriptures that say that we are saved by grace and that, that even on our worst day, that, that God is uh, our righteousness. We forget those, those scriptures that says that we are forgiven because Christ has, has given that ultimate sacrifice and we allow ourselves to look at our faults, to look at our differences and disqualify ourselves and maybe even disqualify others. And we allow those differences to affect our ministry to go ye therefore. We allow those differences to, to, to come up in, in, in situations where they should be celebrated and, and, and they be condemned. We allow those differences to, to prove uh, Dr. King right when he says that 11 o'clock on Sunday is the most segregated hour of the week. We allow our social status. We allow our skin color. We allow where we come from. We, we allow the barriers that the world has imposed on us to separate us from the brothers and sisters that we have in Christ. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and talk about this baseball because many of you are so uh, distracted by the baseball, y'all haven't heard anything else that I said. <laughs> when I dropped my son Chris off this morning uh, so that he could do what he loves to do and that's play baseball, I began to think back on my life. And what I found was, when I was younger, I played baseball and I loved the game. Now, truth be told, I was never going to make it to the major leagues. Uh, I, I, I probably could have played at a small college. And if I made it to a big school and walked on, I could probably hold the bench down so that it didn't fly away. But, but the reality of it is, is that most of the players on the team that, that I played on for four or five years were all at best average. We came from different backgrounds. Some had two parents, some had one parent, some had no parents and would be raised by grandparents and aunts. So, some of us were African-American, some were African, some were Hispanic. 
Uh, I, I could run real fast and catch anything that got close to me. A trail could throw a ball so hard and fast across the plate that even uh, his teammates were afraid to, to step up and try to hit it. Uh, uh, Wesley could fire it from the fence and hit the catcher in his hand on a string without it bouncing and without even looking like he tried hard. But Wesley couldn't play third base, and I couldn't play catcher, and a trail couldn't play center field. So we were all different on lots of different arenas. We came from different places, we had different talents, different skills, and we were average baseball players at best. I said that, right? But every year we went undefeated and won the championship. It's not because we had the most talent, it's because we played as a team. I understood what Atrell and Wesley and Mark and Brian were good at, Brian Collins, shout out were good at, and I didn't expect anything else. Uh, they knew what I was good at, and they, they expected me to do what they knew I could do, and so our differences became the great thing that helped us to win ball game after ball game after ball game because we sought to be unified and not uniform. So many times. When we start talking about unity in Christ, we believe that that means that we should be uniformed. You should look like me, you should sound like me, you should do everything like me, you should live a life almost like mine, and if you don't, then you don't belong here. If, if your, your skin is a different color, if your social economic is, uh, status is a different color, if you are, are, are one of those uh, Baptist people, then obviously you don't know God, so you can't be with me. And the reality of it is, that God is calling us to work together to allow our differences to be the glue that pulls us into a place where we are able to affect global change. You, do you realize that small churches can affect places that big churches can't? And big churches can affect places that small churches can't? The, the church on the east side can see a group of people that may not hear your voice, but here in the village, they will be lost because this is your community. So if God is sending us to very specific places with the exact same message, then why can't we work together? Last year, year before last, COVID mine, we had a health fair. And it was very successful. But every church on the street brought us people. And not every church on the street looks like us. We, we had a diaper ministry. And we had churches on the east side and churches in Norman and a church out in Choctaw that told their people to come and get diapers because we were doing the thing that they knew that their people needed. And so my question is, what if we got rid of uh, the, 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 the sight on our differences and looked at what actually brings us together? What if we, we accepted the fact that you might not look like me? that you might not come from where I come from, and you might not even uh, go to the same church that I go to, but you love Jesus and I love Jesus, so let's work together. What, what if we stop disqualifying ourselves because we'll never make it to the big league and play team ball with those that are around us in such a way that we might win a few? What if, instead of being divided by our differences, we come together at the table? I don't know about you, but I was taught that at the table, everything we need is at 
the table, do you realize that as the, 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 the elements are being described, the gospel is being preached right there at the table? So you can speak a different language, but the explanation is still the same. You can be in a different country, but God is still God. You can look differently. You can have more or have less, but at the table, the gospel is still the gospel. Amen. And so on today, as we recognize the fact that there are churches all over the world taking communion right now in this hour that is supposed to be the most segregated, we, we can say that on this one thing we are united. And if we can remain united, if we can remember the table, if we can fight and play this together, then we will find that this year we will win like we've never won. We will go ye therefore and make disciples of people that, that normally would run from us. They would see a Jesus that all of a sudden they want to be like. And if we can eliminate the things that divide us and focus on the thing that unites us, the power, the power, the power that is before us is unimaginable. I like to I like you to think on this. If all of the people of God, if all of the body of Christ came together, and if all of the body of Christ put on the whole armor of God, and if all of the body of Christ, which are all of the people of God, uh, have on the full armor of God and are directed by the spirit of the living God, what type of fight would we have? What type of difference would we make? What type of people would we come across? What, 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 what would our communities look like? What would our workplaces look like? What would our schools look like? What would our churches look like? Today, my brothers and my sisters, the call is to come into union with one another under the banner of Christ. Amen? The call today is to eliminate what the world says should divide us and join together under the Christ that unites us. Amen? The call today is to do just as Jesus said, to proclaim the gospel to the poor, to give sight to those that are blinded by the world and its woes and help them to see the true reality of Christ. It is to fight for justice for those that are oppressed and to stand on the gospel of Christ no matter what. Amen. So though today is World Communion Day and all over this world the people of God are doing the same thing, my prayer is this. That even as we leave this place and go into our places of work or, or whatever on Monday, that we would continue to remember the table and the thing that binds us. That on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, especially of this week, we will continue to do the same thing. And that is to live for God, to, to show and preach his word, and to be disciples of Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.